0: W.H.K. Cleveland. The following program's views, claims, or representations may not reflect those of AM 1420 The Answer or Salem Media Group.
1: It's a fact. If the riches of the wealthy were given to the average American, the rich would have their wealth back in no time at all. Not because they're more deserved, but because they do a really great job of getting us to spend it back to them. And once it's in their hands, they work it to their self-interest. The host of Get Rich Slow, Jim McAlees, believes the financial decisions you make today will guide your financial destiny tomorrow. Jim teaches you to plan for the worst and then hope for the best. America is under no obligation to provide what you need. Entitlements are out. Opportunity is today's watchword. Money matters can be intimidating, but they don't have to be. So let's supercharge your wealth building plan now with Jim McAleese. Welcome
2: to Get Rich Slow. This is your money school for financial winners. Here we explore strategies, strategies to help you prosper. We look at the big picture and then develop plans, plans to help guide our families to meet their financial goals. Get Rich Slow gives you solid financial strategies, strategies that will help improve your financial life. If you want the truth, not the hype. Please join us for the next hour for Get Rich Slow. I'm Jim McAleese, certified financial planner and president of Cornerstone Consultants, Incorporated, where securities and investment advisory services are offered through Next Financial Group, Incorporated, which is a member of FINRA and CIVIC. Cornerstone Consultants is not an affiliate of Next Financial Group. Well, good morning, I'm having a great time this summer, and I hope you are, too. Have you looked at the calendar? We're actually in August already. What happened to the summer? Another four weeks, it'll be Labor Day weekend. It's all going much too fast. Soon, the kids will be going back to school. They seem to be going back to school sooner and sooner. Each year that passes by, in the old days, it was after Labor Day, but now... It's halfway through uh, August, and uh, all the things that need to be done before school starts, now they really need to get done, and now the vacations, as short as they were, are starting to wrap up, and we still have the month of August ahead of us, and soon it'll be time for the Lorraine County Fair. The Lorraine County Fair is Ohio's second oldest, uh, second largest. County Fair, and it'll take place uh, August 20th to August 27th this year. That's basically two weeks away. And this year, they're celebrating their 177th anniversary. They began in 1846. So there'll be stage shows and amusement rides and the usual fair foods, <laughs> that good stuff that uh, if, they, if we ate it every day, we'd be, you know, in the emergency room. And uh, we enjoy so much. And and there'll always be the uh, the uh, junior fair with the 4-H kids, and that's the part I like the best. Wandering through the fair and see how the kids are taking care of their animals. And, you know, Tammy and I used to be 4-H advisors in the old days. And there'll also be Kids Day on Wednesday from ten to four and an opening and an opening day breakfast in is returning this year on Monday in the old grains cafeteria. Uh, I wonder whether we'll see some of the old timers back there serving breakfast. We'll see. Thank God COVID is over. So come on out and see what the, you know what many people consider to be the Lorraine County Fair is the best fair. And in the meantime, we can find something to sometime to review our financial plans and basically our goals uh for life and, and uh, things that we have in the immediate future, the medium term and the long term future. And basically are we saving and investing enough to meet our goals? Do we have to try to stay on top of these details and make any necessary changes? So investors we're less confident and bullish this week. The standard and poor 500 and the NASDAQ composite slumped on Friday for the fourth uh, straight session. Uh, they started down a little bit on Tuesday and this just kept on rolling and that's their worst week since uh, March. Investors seem to book profits following the latest corporate earnings releases and the U.S. jobs data. Earnings report this season for the quarter ending in June, that was the second quarter, have continued to surprise many Wall Street analysts as the expected slowdown in profits proved to be less than feared. Uh, About 84% of the standard and poor 500 companies have presented their results in terms of profits and and, uh, also uh, uh, discussions about what the future holds for them with 80% of them surpassing Wall Street expectations. That's according to FactSet. And the investors, uh, part of this uh, uh, pullback, investors, uh, uh, maybe due to this Fitch uh, rating, where the Fitch uh, rating company downgraded the U.S. government credit rating on Tuesday. The downgrade, first by a major rating firm, in more than a decade, is evidence that uh, increasingly frequent uh, political skirmishes over the U.S. government finances are clouding the uh, outlook for the $25 trillion global market for treasuries. Uh, Fitch's ratings on the U.S. now stand at AA plus or one notch below their top AAA grade. In the latest government standoff in June, well, both parties eventually agreed to a compromise, and they kept the kept the ball rolling. The eventual compromise, uh, which set caps for federal spending and raised the debt limit uh, for roughly two years, came after months of deadlock between the Democrats and the Republicans. The Republicans were demanding spending cuts. Uh, in, uh it De- echoes previous clashes over government borrowing, uh, which the Democrats resisted for months. Uh, few investors believe that the pitch's downgrade will immediately challenge the role of the U.S. Treasury. Still, it's the first time a rating uh, firm lowered its uh, headline assessment of the U.S. government's uh, propensity to pay its bills on time since the Standard & Poor's uh, 2011 lowered its ratings one notch below the investment grade. So that decision followed another uh, tense debt ceiling standoff in Congress. So uh, the the three rating companies, the Standard & Poor, the uh, Moody's and Fitch, and uh, Moody's is the other member of the big three. Rating firms, and that continues to give the U.S. its strongest assessment. Uh, Fitch said Tuesday that the uh, downgrade reflects an erosion of governance, governance in the U.S. And give you the exact uh, quote from the Wall Street: "Quote the rating downgrade of the United States reflects the expected fiscal deterioration over the next three years." a high and growing general government debt burden, and the erosion of governance relative to AA and A rated peers over the next two decades. That has been manifested in repeated debt limit standoffs and last-minute resolutions. So the decision seemed to come out of nowhere. and was met with criticism from Wall Street and the banks and investors and Pitches downgrade is it's not unexpected, uh, you know, but it is uh, not expected to change anything in the Treasury or the dollar markets. But it occurred on Tuesday, and on Wednesday, the stock and bonds suffered a wave of uh, selling, sending Treasury yields to the highest level of the year and in major indices towards their worst session in months. So. Uh, The downgrade may have been a minor catalyst for the stock market uh, slump this week. And even with the pitch downgrading, uh, there was still good news this week for the economy. Investors uh, received more clues into the state of the labor market with uh, Friday's uh, Department of Labor payroll report. Uh, the data showed 187,000 jobs were added in July as less than the 200,000 expected by economists polled by the Dow Jones Company. Uh, the unemployment rate also ticked lower to 3.5% from 3.6%. And despite the cooler headline number, average hourly wages, pointed towards a little bit more inflation and came in ahead of expectations, rising four-tenths of 1% for the month and 4.4% uh, on an annualized basis or a 12-month basis. They came in slightly ahead of the uh, three-tenths of 1% and 4.2% expected. And uh, presently, There's a lot of discussions regarding whether the Federal Reserve will hold the interest rates constant at their September Federal Open Market Committee meeting. And the odds seem to be in favor of no increase. And the economic picture is still one of a strong economy that's not growing as fast as before, uh, with basically inflation slowing down presently inflation at 3%, moving downward, and we're hoping that the soft landing, uh, where inflation is conquered without a recession, we're hoping that is the way we go, but time will tell. Uh, We seem to be moving in that direction with regards to inflation, and any discussions about recession seem to be moving into the uh, mid to uh, late next year. So I think they're just keeping it on there so it, they can have something there. I think they might as well throw it away at this point. Uh, this week, global equities were mostly down. In the U.S., the ditch uh, downgrade of the U.S. federal debt from AAA to the a, AA plus, you can go back to some sort of a catalyst or the uh, change downward. In the U.S., the three major stock indices, the Dow Jones Industrial Average, the Standard & Poor 500, and the uh, NASDAQ Composite were all down for the week. And in the U.K., the FTSE 100 was down, and the European Union, and uh, Germany's DAX, and the stock, Europe 600, were both down for the week. And in Asia, uh, the stock indices were also down. In Japan, the DK225 was down for the week, while in China, both the Shanghai Composite and Hong Kong Hang Seng were both down for the week. On Friday, the three major stock indices uh, closed the week at the Dow Jones, closed at 35000 65.62, and it was down 1.11% for the week, and the standard of poor closed at 4,478.03, and it was down 2.27% uh, for the week, and the NASDAQ closed at 1390924 and it was down 2.85 uh, percent for the week. So, uh, you know, in, in terms of the big picture, uh, we're seeing the economy uh, basically uh, not growing as fast as it previously did. It's it is uh, the the growth is slowing down, and uh, it's particularly evident in the manufacturing sector but it's also uh, the the bright part of the economy is the service sector and primarily due to vacations and travel and and uh, hotels and restaurants and and uh, games and things of this nature so uh, sports games and stuff like this so uh, what you're seeing is uh Uh, an economy that uh, uh, is slowing down due to the increase in the interest rates. And that's exactly the way uh, the Federal Reserve planned it. Uh, Things looked like they're happening according to plan. And basically now we're in a posture of, uh, I think we're in a posture of this is the uh, the inflation was a... uh, a real toll to everybody, both companies and, and uh, consumers. And uh, we've gone from 9.1 percent last June to 3 percent in June of this year. So, uh, the I think the uh, the story is coming to an end, and this is the basically where we're at right now. is the beginning of the end of inflation. So. Uh, It's a matter of, uh, uh, you know, the Federal Reserve discussions revolve around how long should we keep the interest rates up. Uh, There's a little discussion about, well, should we increase them more? But the discussions there are a quarter of a percent or half a percent. And the, the Federal Reserve has really done its heavy lifting by going from one quarter percent to five and a half percent, where the the federal funds rates are right today. And uh, so they're done their heavy lifting. How long should they keep these rates up? And when should they start lowering the rates? How fast they should lower the rates? Uh, Their long-term estimates for uh, interest rates are two and a half percent. So we'll see how long it takes them to get To that point, and when do they start? There's uh, some people are discussing, uh, you know, uh, starting to lower the rates in December. So we'll we'll basically see what happens in terms of one camp wants to keep the rates up, and for several more months, and show that inflation is uh, under control. The other action says that uh, these high rates are not uh, they are not without a price, and the price we're paying for the high rates is growth. And they want to see more growth in the economy for the for the betterment of everybody. But and also uh, they're pointing to a a election next year too, so um, they want to see growth in terms of uh, one group wants to see growth in terms of the election. So. In the big picture, uh, uh, the economy is doing what uh, it was planned and uh, slowing down, but hopefully we'll be able to get to the point where uh, we get to the conquer inflation without a recession. That brings up your plan. In other words, uh, in the big picture, uh, the only part of the big picture that affects you and it, me is basically our investments. But the whole rest of the plan is separate from that. It basically boils down to, hey, what are your goals? Uh, What are your goals in terms of uh, uh, buying a house, starting a family, raising a family? Uh, What are your goals in terms of retirement? Uh, Are you gonna try to start a business? Uh Are you going to retire to Florida or uh, some other place? Uh, so it boils down to what are your goals, putting them down on a piece of paper uh, with a date as to when this event is supposed to happen. And uh, or a interval where, hey, you're <clears throat> the kids are in college. Uh, how is that going to happen? Uh, what do you know about that? Uh, so all the things that you that are going to happen in your life, you can kind of uh, say, hey, uh, these, this is my plan. Uh, this is the year or this is the set of years where this is going to happen. And how much money do I need to accomplish this? And then you have to say, okay, I need so much money for retirement. I need so much money for the." kids' education, I need so much money for the standard of the living uh, for the family, uh, the down payment for the house, putting the the cars and everything else. So all the things that uh, are on this plan require money and I have to be able to take my assets and and my income and allocate it so that uh, I can meet these draws of money in the future, Uh, like when you retire. You're going to retire sometime between your age 65 and 70, and uh, uh, that's going to be your last paycheck, and you're going to have uh, Social Security and your 401K or your investments from your real estate or whatever uh, to uh, support yourself. So uh, to me, it's important to be able to take a look Here's the money that's coming in. Uh, I have to save a certain portion of it. I have to uh, direct it into certain accounts. I have to uh, uh, get a return on my investments. It's sufficient to give me the money that I need in the future. And you have to put that plan together and stay on top of it. And uh, that's basically what we do for our clients and uh, basically it, it boils down to uh, uh thinking about things and uh, putting together a plan and sticking with it and staying on top of it uh you can modify it uh, the plan gives you a roadmap and it also gives you a um a basis for making decisions in the future about uh you want a bigger house uh What's that going to cost? Uh, uh, What do you have to take out of it? What part of the plan is going to uh, suffer because you need the extra money for that? Is it going to be the children's education or something like that? So it gives you a basis for making those decisions. So this is uh, Jim McAleese. You can give us a call over our toll-free number. It's one 888 281 1110. That's 1 888 1110.
1: Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Hi, I'm Colleen, producer of Get Rich Slow. Each week, we take calls from people just like you who have questions for our host, Jim McAleese. Oftentimes, however, Jim can't answer all your questions because of time restraints and the need for more detailed information. That's why we encourage you to call Cornerstones Consultants, Inc., the financial counseling service founded by Jim and Tama McAleese. Cornerstones Consultants, Inc. has helped thousands of clients get more for their money. Whether your financial goal is to avoid common investing mistakes, finding your next home, planning for retirement, finding the right mutual fund, or covering your assets with the right kind of insurance, Cornerstone Consultants, Inc. will guide you to wise financial choices. So call Cornerstone Consultants, Inc. for an appointment today. That number again, 440-647-2793. Now back to more Get Rich Slow with Jim Magalise. I
0: saw her sitting in the rain.
2: Welcome back to Get Rich Flow. This is your host this morning, Jim McAleese. Uh, we have a toll free number. It's 1 888 281 1110 You know, one of the things that uh, uh, we saw this week was the employment situation report that was put out by the Department of Labor. And uh, the report was uh, used uh, uh, July data and showed that the U.S. employment increased uh, uh, slightly in July with non farm payroll up uh, 187,000 and private payroll uh, 172,000. And it also showed that the unemployment rate uh, decreased to uh, 3.5% from 3.6% in June. Now, uh, it also showed that the labor, participate, labor force participation rate remained steady at 62.6 percent, and uh, uh, the uh, payroll increase of 187,000 was a little bit below the consensus expectations uh, for for 200,000, and the expected uh, growth. In hiring underscored the strength in the economy and the labor market, and uh, uh, that's in contrast to the stories of layoffs and and uh, slower growth and things of this nature. So, uh, in addition, the total nonfarm payroll employment in May was revised to two hundred eighty-one thousand from three hundred six thousand, and the total. Uh, for payroll for June was revised to 185,002 out of nine. So the previous two months they uh, overestimated the uh, job growth by 49,000 uh, uh, above, you know, what was really uh, happening. So let's take the t- let's take a few minutes and go to the phones. Hello, this is Jim McAleese. Can I help you? Hi. Jim, how are you? Hey, I'm doing fine. How's how's yourself? It's, it's terrific. I have a question about money I have in a brokerage account, and it's money that I've obviously paid in after taxes. If I, let's say, I want to take out ten grand for some home
0: improvements, how would that money affect my income come tax time? Would
2: that would that be a tax consequence? Not really. But it may be in a sense that. Uh, Typically, you, you'll have uh, non-retirement accounts and retirement accounts. In the retirement accounts, um, you haven't paid the taxes on those monies, so any dollar you take out of those uh, is uh, going to be taxed at ordinary income tax. But you're talking about taking money out of your non-retirement accounts uh, the, you paid your taxes before you put your money in there, and uh, your money has grown, hopefully has grown, and there may be a capital gains tax. Uh, and the capital gains tax, uh, if, you were, if your uh, investments have been in there for over a year and a day, uh, is generally about either 0 or 15%. So, if you need the ten thousand and uh you take the ten thousand out of an investment that has grown, well, how much has grown is your capital gain and uh you you will be uh the government will expect that uh, uh capital gains tax for the things that have been over the, for like over a year and a day now. If it's less than a year and a day, then you're faced with uh, basically ordinary income tax on the g- gains that you that, that investment has made. Does that fit in okay. with your plan? That that makes sense. Thank you. Okay. You have a good day now. Thanks for no, Thanks, calling. Jim. This, Bye-bye. This is Jim Jim McAleese. You can give us a call over our toll-free number. It's one eight eight eight. 2811110. And if you, if you go back to the, uh, economy and, uh, say, okay, what's happening in this, uh, jobs and payroll growth? What we see is in, uh, 2021, uh, we were basically averaging, uh, payroll growth of 562,000 jobs a month. And, uh, it wasn't unusual. For instance, like in, uh, July of, uh, 2021, the increase in, in jobs was 1,091,000 in one month. That was the month of July. Okay. Now let's fast forward to 2022. In 2022, the average payroll growth was 401. Uh, thousand per month. So uh, then you you look at uh, what's happened in uh, 2023, and so far the average growth has been uh, 228 thousand uh, for the uh, second quarter. So for uh, 228 thousand per month for the second quarter, and uh, like just like I mentioned earlier. For July, it's one hundred eighty-seven thousand. So basically, what you're seeing is that uh, the the payroll is basically going down and down and down. And uh, and if you take if you what well, we all lived through the COVID, and getting through the COVID was as crazy as crazy could be in terms of the government was throwing money all over the place and in terms of, uh, uh, uh extra unemployment, uh, benefits, uh, uh, the unemployment benefits were such that if you were, uh, making, uh, uh less than 50,000 a year, it, it behooved you to stay home, uh, and collect your benefits, uh, uh, they were paying companies, uh, uh to allow the companies to borrow money and then extinguish the loans, uh, as long as they would use the money to pay their employees. Uh, so there was a whole lot of turmoil that went on in the uh, in the uh, employment uh, market, and uh, people were uh, quitting, people were uh, uh, getting laid off, people were people were companies were bringing people back on, uh, without any training and without any capabilities and people were switching jobs at a fantastic rate. So, uh, to me, things have finally settled down to the point where, uh, uh, the companies have control over their, uh, the, uh, uh control over their, uh, the, the employment, you know, in terms of, uh. Uh, training their people, keeping their people for a long period of time. There was such a churn in unemployment or unemployment. People were coming on and uh, staying on for six months or less and then disappearing. And and uh, so now things are settling down again. And and basically what we're seeing from this report is that the, uh, the gains in the payroll were broad-based they were led by healthcare uh, social assistance uh, financial and wholesale uh, trade also uh, construction and transportation as part of it uh, they, uh some companies did announce plans to cut staffing but they've been largely uh, concentrated in technology and uh, and uh, interest rate sensitive sectors like housing so uh, what we're seeing is the labor participation uh, rate, the share of the population that is working or looking for work, remains steady at uh, 62.5. And if you compare pre-COVID with today, uh, pre-COVID, that would have been, let's say, January of 2020. <clears throat> and then you see the unemployment rate was 3.5 percent. and. And the uh, Department of Labor said that uh, the unemployment number was 5.7 million people unemployed. Well, today, July 2023, uh, the unemployment rate is 3.5%, same as it was pre COVID, and the unemployed number was 5.8 million rather than 5.7 million. Now, uh, according to the uh, uh, unemployment numbers, the latest unemployment claims uh, for the week ending seven twenty-nine were 227,000 uh, applied for unemployment. And the number on the unemployment rolls, <clears throat> excuse me, the unemployment rolls that continue to be on the unemployment rolls from month to month totals $1.7 million. So uh, those are reasonable numbers. And the, if you take a look at the uh, report and say, well, how much did the wages go up? Well, uh, the wages went up uh, in July for uh, non-supervisory uh, personnel. They went up uh, $0.14 cents an hour to $33.74 per hour and that was a monthly payroll and monthly pay increase of four tenths of one percent and spread out over a 12-month period uh, the uh, employment costs went up 4.4 uh, percent those are those are numbers that are not going to uh, be welcomed by the uh, Federal Reserve the Federal Reserve, really wants to uh, see those raises go down uh, below somewhere around the 2 and 3% uh, basically because they feel that uh, they can't get inflation down to 2% with the numbers as high as they are right now, like 4% over a 12-month period. In the big picture, uh, in the big picture, the, the private sector uh, gained 172,000 uh, jobs out of a workforce of 133.6 million workers. And uh, the government uh, sector added 15,000 jobs in July. And most of that increase was in the uh, local government. The local government added uh, 19,000 jobs. And the uh, the state government, they lost 11,000 jobs, and the federal government uh, gained 7,000 jobs. So uh, what you're seeing is that the, uh, the uh, examining the private sector, uh, the goods producing sector added 18,000 uh, jobs. And that you know, manufacturing, uh, they lost 2,000 jobs. Construction added 19,000 jobs in mining added one thousand jobs. So uh that's, that's, this is Jim McAleese. you're listening to Get Rich Slow. <laughs> Let me take a break here to repair my voice here. I'm going Morris. here. Stay tuned. <laughs> Back to Get Rich Loan. You can give us a call over our toll free number. It's 1 888 281 1110. Now, I was talking about the uh, employment report, and the employment report uh, basically breaks it down into uh, goods producing things like manufacturing, construction, mining, and, and uh, uh, those are the Smaller employment pieces. The bigger ones are in the uh, retail, wholesale, transportation, warehousing, education, health services, and basically that amount. That accounts for 154,000 increases in uh, jobs, and that's of out of a workforce. Of 112 million. And what we saw was the uh, healthcare. Healthcare in July added 63,000 jobs. And if you compare that to what they've been doing over the last 12 months, uh, they've been adding uh, jobs at about 51,000 jobs a month. And uh, a lot of the increase for July was in ambulatory healthcare. That increased 35,000 jobs. Hospitals increased 16,000. And the nursing and residential care facilities added 12,000. And then when you take a look at uh, uh, social assistance, social assistance added 24,000 jobs in July. And uh, comparing that to uh, the past year, uh, they had a monthly. The past year, they've shown a monthly gain of twenty-three thousand per month, and uh, the individual and family services added the uh, the bulk of the twenty-four thousand. They added nineteen thousand jobs, and if you take a look and say, okay, uh, what's happening in financial uh, services? Uh, that increased by nineteen thousand in July, and uh, The majority of that was in uh, real estate, rental, and leasing, which added 12,000 positions. And uh, if you take a look at uh, the other part, uh, commercial banking, uh, they lost 3,000 jobs in July. So uh, employment in wholesale trade increased 18,000 jobs, and and, uh, that was about the same as it's been growing. Construction, of course, that moves up and down, and uh, uh, they added nineteen thousand jobs in July, and, and uh, they've been averaging about seventeen thousand jobs over the last twelve months. So uh, most of the jobs was in uh, uh, you know residential construction, but there was non-residential building construction did add uh, eleven thousand jobs. Uh, Leisure and hospitality, uh, which has been growing like gangbusters, they only added 17,000 jobs in July, and uh, uh, they've been adding the the monthly gain uh, for the first quarter of this year was basically uh, uh, 67,000 jobs per month. So in July they only added 17,000 and. What you see is that employment in leisure and hospitality remains below its uh, February 2020 level by 352,000 jobs. So uh, they still have a way to go. Employment in professional and business services uh, changed a little uh, in July. We're down 8,000 in the monthly growth. Uh, had averaged 38,000 per month over the last 12 months. And the thing that took the biggest hit there was employment in temporary health services that had gone down 22,000 jobs uh, in July and it was down by 205,000 since its peak in March of 2022. So uh but that, that category includes accounting, lawyer, uh, engineering and scientists and all of that. So if you take a look at the details of it, uh, what you're seeing is that uh, uh, like transportation and warehousing, transportation and warehousing, uh, they've lost basically uh, 8,400 jobs in July out of a workforce of 6.7 million. Uh, the management of companies and enterprises, they gained 4,000 jobs. Administrative support and waste management, uh, they lost 36,000 jobs out of a workforce of 9.5 million. And the uh, employment services of the 36,000, they lost 34,400 and is in that category. So you're taking a look at a big uh, loss for July, which means that, hey, it's part of the economy slowing, not growing as fast, and the companies and the uh, small businesses getting their hiring and uh, their labor uh, situation squared away. Uh, <clears throat> now, if we, if we start talking about uh, job openings and labor turnover, uh, there seems to be uh, a lot of job openings out there. Of course, it doesn't, it doesn't really cost that much, to post-job openings. And uh, so that's perhaps where you see it. Uh, there's been, uh, for, for June, they put out the JOLTS report, the Department of Labor does, and that's the job openings and labor turnover survey, and uh, it shows a huge number of open positions and many more jobs than basically the number of unemployed. And uh, this week, this yeah, this report came out on Tuesday, I think. It showed the number of official job vacancies uh, had decreased to nine million five hundred eighty-two thousand in June. From the previous month, from month of May, where it was nine million six hundred sixteen thousand. So, the uh, the that's basically down. uh, If 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 I if I look at the number of uh, openings, uh, I've got approximately three point eight million openings, more than I have the five point eight million unemployed people. So. In December of 2019, prior to the COVID, the number of uh, posted jobs position was about 7.2 million, and here it is at uh, basically uh, 9.6 million. So, uh, the uh, uh, I take a look at the job openings over the last year from June of 2022 to, to June of 2023. The job openings have gone from 10.96 million in June of 2022 to 9.8, 9.58 million. Hires have gone from 6.45 million to 5.91 million. Separations have gone from 5.99 million. Uh, million to 5.64 million. Quits have gone from 4.16 million to 3.72 million. So job openings have uh, decreased 12.6%. Hiring is down 8.42%. Separations are down 5.91%. And quits, uh, quitting is down 10.55%. So basically what you're seeing is that the, one of the things you're seeing is that the number of quits is uh, uh, decreasing relative to the, to the hiring. For example, uh, uh, for instance, in June, uh, the quits were 66% of the separations, where uh, 12 months prior was basically 69% of the population. And then, uh, this is Jim McAlee. If you're listening to Get Rich Slow, uh, stay tuned. Uh, we'll be right back. Welcome back to Get Rich Flow. This is Jim McAleese. Uh, one thing we saw uh, in the manufacturing numbers that came out from the Department of Commerce this week was that uh, manufacturing, uh, even though it's basically slowing down, according to their numbers, what is it, orders for manufactured, manufactured goods increased 2.3%. Uh, in June, and that followed a four-tenths of a percent increase in May. But the the story behind that is that uh, a lot of those orders were due to commercial aircraft uh, orders. In other words, in terms of commercial aircraft, these uh, 737s and uh, Boeing 737 MAXs uh, they cost uh, somewhere around a hundred million dollars each, so when they make an order they they order in bulk and uh, to get the best price and the order uh, goes to Boeing or Airbus, and uh, it takes several years to 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 before those uh, airplanes will actually be delivered so it uh, the orders come in it causes a big spike in the orders and a big spike in the backlog but uh, uh, the increase in the employment and the increase in production is increases but not everywhere near as much as the spike uh, comes up. So one of the things we take a look at in terms of what's happening in manufacturing is the index of supply management, They put out a survey, and what the survey shows is that uh, uh, the U.S. manufacturing uh, sector contracted again in July. However, the the manufacturing index improved compared to the previous month, indicating a slower contraction, and basically, customer demands remain sluggish with the falling production, and weak new orders. According to the report from the ISM, U.S. manufacturing activity was in contraction territory for the ninth straight month in July as companies sought to balance output levels and reduce payroll through a a combination of layoffs, hiring freezes, and attrition amid soft demand and uncertainty over the timing of the recovery. Uh, data from the Institute of Supply Management uh, was released on Tuesday. Demand remains weak, but marginally better compared to June. Production slowed due to a lack of work and suppliers continue to have capacity, according to Timothy uh, Foyer, who is the chair of the ISM Manufacturing Business Survey Committee. He said, uh, quote, there are signs of more employment reduction actions in the near term to better match production output. And uh, he said "The domestic demand is slowly coming back here, adding that some firms are having difficulty securing parts and other suppliers. Uh, Quote, we don't know if we have hit the bottom, uh, he said. And... uh, He doesn't see a spike in new demand, but expects a slow recovery. So, what what the the, some of the respondents uh, to this survey, some of them are saying, for instance, like computer and electronic products. Their comment was: current U.S. market conditions of inflationary and recessionary tactics affecting overall business, and customers are. Reducing or not placing orders as forecast, putting an internal focus on reducing financial liability and overhead costs. Uh, here's something from the chemical products people. It says sales in our industries are extremely slow entering the second half of the year and no upturn is expected until at least the fourth quarter. Uh, from fabricated metal products, uh, stable demand for the next four to six months, but longer-term uncertainty. While customer growth is projected, we can't uh, point to fundamentals that sustain it. Supply conditions are similar to pre-pandemic, except for energy and raw input costs. Logistic costs have, have settled. Transit times continue to shorten and capacities that most suppliers are sufficient. So what you're seeing is that <clears throat> the the companies are doing the best they can to, to mold, to uh, move their way through this. So this is Jim McAleese. You're listening to Deadwood Slow. Stay tuned. I'll be right back. <music> People have started traveling again, and the airports and the airplanes are full, and people are feeling frustrated with the experience. But patience can help. Here's a traveling story about a cookie piece. and It goes like this. A woman was waiting at the airport for her hour-long flight, and since her flight was delayed, she had several hours on her hands. So she went to the airport shop and bought a book, and a bag of cookies. And she took a seat next to a man and started to read the book she had bought. While she was engrossed in her book, she happened to see that the man sitting beside her boldly grabbed a cookie from the cookie bag. She ignored the incident to avoid the scene. She munched some cookies from the bag and went back to her book, but the man seemed to have enjoyed the cookies way too much. He took some more cookies from the bag and started munching. As time passed, she was getting more and more irritated as the cookie thief finished her cookie stock. Every time she took a cookie from the bag, he took one. When the last cookie was left, the man nervously took that cookie and broke it in half, and he offered the other half to the lady and smiled. The lady snatched the other half of the cookie from his hand and thought, this guy has some nerve. Even after eating half a bag of my cookies, he doesn't show any gratitude. She had been so galled by the man that was relieved when her flight was called. She gathered her belongings and headed to the gate, refusing to look back at the thieving ingrate. She boarded the plane, sat in her seat, reading her book. She reached her hand into her luggage and she was surprised to find a bag full of cookies in it. (laughs) If my cookies are here, she moaned in despair, the other bag, which she was eating, was his. And he did try to share, and while while she was flushed with anger about her cookies, the man was happily sharing his cookies with her. She was filled with regret, but it was too late to apologize. So, as we experience the stress of traveling or the stress of everyday life, remember things are not always they appear and don't be too quick to judge. Sometimes it's a matter of perception. Be patient and until we meet again next week for more of Get, get Rich Slow, may God protect you and keep you safe.
1: Located at 47149 Bursley Road, Wellington, Ohio 44090 where securities and investment advisory services are offered through Next Financial Group, Inc., a member of FINRA and CIPIC. Cornerstone Consultants, Inc. is not an affiliate of Next Financial Group, Inc., The materials Jim shares is not intended as an offer or solicitation for the purchase or sale of any security or other financial instrument. Past performance does not guarantee future performance. All the views expressed are those of James McAleese and Cornerstones Consultants, Inc., and not those of Next Financial Group, Inc. Next Financial Group does not provide tax advice. The SP 500 is a market cap weighted index composed of the common stocks of 500 leading companies and leading industries of the U.S. economy. The Dow Jones Industrial Average is a price weighted index of 30 actively traded blue chip stocks. To make an appointment with Jim regarding your own finances, call 440 647 That number again 440 647 2793. Jim will be back with Get Rich Slow next Saturday morning on 1420 WHK with more common sense finance strategies for financial winners.